Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's what the death of the Lord Jesus was all about. It was God's found ransom for man's sins. The death of the Lord Jesus is described in the, in the 22nd of Psalms, the Psalm 22. The first verse in Psalm 22 starts off with the big question, why? Why? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? So the Psalm 22, it starts off with the question, why? And when we look at the Lord Jesus suffering on a cross, that's the question, why? Why him? Why is God forsaking God? Why is God bruising and a sacrificing God? Why is such a good person like the Lord Jesus dying such a horrible death on the cross? And the more we read Psalm 22, the more we ask the question, why? Why, why, why? It's a persisting question that starts off in the first verse, why? And the last word in Psalm 22 in Hebrew, the last word answers the question. Because the last word in Psalm 22, verse 31, is asa, which means accomplished. It means accomplished. That's the last word in Psalm 22. That's the answer to the question, why? The first verse in the Psalm 22 asks the question, why? And the last verse, the last word in Psalm 22 answers the question, accomplished, accomplished. It's what the Lord Jesus accomplished through his death. What he, uh, what he accomplished when he suffered and had died and was forsaken by God. And that's what this tabernacle is all about. What he accomplished. He accomplished for us. That verse up there is all about friendship with God. He accomplished for us a friendship with God. A friendship with God that was impossible before he, before he did what he did. And this tabernacle is all about what he accomplished for us to have friendship with God through his blood. And you see the red on the horns there and the other way, and over there. That symbolizes the blood of the Lord Jesus that accomplished friendship with God. So why did the cross happen? Why did the cross happen to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because of Isaiah 53, 6. All we, everyone in this room, all we have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And God did and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. What iniquity? The going astray iniquity. The turning to our own way iniquity. And Isaiah 53.8, Isaiah 53.8, as we said, it was that the Lord, for the transgression of my people, was he stricken. So Abraham was emphasizing something to Isaac in verse eight when he said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. 
In other words, Abraham was saying, son, wait for the lamb. Don't settle for religion, wait for the lamb. In verse eight, God will provide himself a lamb. Now there's two ways, there's two ways that that verse can be looked at, that what Abraham said can be interpreted. One way is to interpret the statement is God himself will become so involved with getting us that lamb that he wants to have that he's the one who's gonna go and select and provide the lamb himself which is what we see in the case of, uh, uh, of God the Father. He selected, he provided the lamb for his family of man. And we see that in Matthew 3.16. Matthew 3.16, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What happened? What was that? What happened then? Well, it was just like the father of the house of the first Passover night when all the fathers went out and they looked and, 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 and they, they selected a lamb. They selected a lamb and they came back to the family and they said, here he is. Here's the lamb. This is the lamb that's going to save our family from death. And this is what happened in Matthew 3.17. Matthew 3.17. This was God the father of, uh, of the father of mankind coming to his family before that great Passover when the Lord Jesus was the Lamb of God to take away our sins. And so that was in, in Matthew three seventeen. that was God the Father saying to man, here's the Lamb. This is the Lamb that's going to save you from death. Here he is, which is why the Lord Jesus is called in John one twenty nine. John one twenty nine. behold the Lamb of God. Look at the Lamb that God has provided which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So this is the first meaning of how we can interpret what Abraham said in verse eight, that God is gonna get so involved, just like the fathers in the old time, make sure that the correct lamb is chosen, that God's gonna go out there and choose the lamb himself and provide it so we don't make a mistake. But there's another possible meaning. There's another way that this could be interpreted as well. It could be, in verse eight, just as well the meaning God will provide himself a lamb. In other words, that means that God is going to present himself the lamb. He's going to be the lamb. After all, this was Jehovah Jesus who Abraham was talking about. It was Jehovah Jesus who later said in Mark 10, 45, Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many, to give his life uh, uh, as a lamb. And what Abraham was also saying in verse eight is that God will provide himself as a lamb, the lamb of God, and that's what Jehovah Jesus did. He provided himself as God's lamb to die for our sins. And this, this is the real celebration of the true Yom Kippur. The real celebration, the true Yom Kippur, the true day of atonement, the, tr the, the day of, of covering, the day of covering, that was Good Friday. Good Friday was the day of covering. When the Lord Jesus died for our sins on the cross, he shed his blood and it became the perfect covering for our sins. And when he did that, God was so happy because the tension that I spoke about, that he was looking, God was looking, he wanted the ransom, he wanted to be able to say, no, don't let that sinner die. Don't let that sinner be cast into hell. But he needed a ransom. And when he did that, died on the cross and Good Friday, God was so happy because at last in the blood of the Lord Jesus, he found the covering. God found the covering for sin. And he said, Job 33, 24, 
Job 33:24. Then he is gracious unto him and say, and say, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. And the hymn puts it so well, so beautifully, when the hymn says, five bleeding wounds he bears, received on Calvary. They pour effectual prayers. They strongly plead for me. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. And then another hymn. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. And now Isaac, with all of his anxiety of realizing that he's the sacrifice, Isaac has heard the explanation from his father that God's gonna provide himself a lamb. And from that answer, and by drawing his confidence, by drawing his assurance from Abraham, Isaac has a peace. It's amazing. He has a peace. He has a calm. He has a peace that passes understanding. We can't understand it. It's not understandable. How could Isaac, without realizing that he's the lamb, have peace? Because it came from God. So the expression of this calm and this peace that Isaac has is in, again in verse eight, verse eight. So they went both of them together. They went both of them yachad. They went both of them united. They went both of them in agreement. And so the answer that, 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 that Abraham gave once again brings the yachad, the peace. Right? And, and Isaac realized that even if he was the lamb that God provided, these two words kept resonating in Isaac's mind. God provide, God provide, God provide. And his heart's at rest. And the remarkable part about verse eight is that we don't, is what we don't read. The remarkable part about verse eight is that we don't read that Isaac protested or objected or argued about him being the lamb that God provided, probably the lamb that he, God provided. We don't read about Isaac begging for his life to Abraham to be spared. We don't read that. We don't read that Isaac is struggling. He's a, he's a, he's a young man. He, 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 he's not struggling with Abraham, his father. We don't read about Isaac trying to escape, running away. We don't read about any resistance on Isaac's part. All we read is that Abraham and Isaac were so agreed that they just walked off together toward Mount Moriah, Mount Calvary. So what's so remarkable about verse eight is the silence of Isaac. Nothing more is said. After hearing that God's gonna provide a lamb for a sacrifice, that was it. And they march off together, yachad, in verse eight, until finally, verse nine, they came to the place which God had told them of. Abraham builds an altar, lays the wood in order, binds Isaac, his son, and lays him on the altar upon the wood. Three long days, three long eternity days, seem like. Finally, they come to the place of the sacrifice. And all we read is what Abraham did when they arrived. It's written from the perspective of Isaac. Verse nine is written as if you are Isaac and you're watching this. Verse nine is written as if Isaac sat down at the place and he watched Abraham do all the work. He watched Abraham build an altar. He watched uh, Isaac silently watches after the altar is built. And then he watches Abraham lay the, order, lay the wood in order carefully so that the wind will pass through and the fire will, 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 will be a, a big fire. And he watches his father Abraham carefully, neatly lay all the wood on order, in order on the altar. And then Abraham turns to Isaac. He turns to Isaac. He's got a rope in his hand. And their eyes lock. And Isaac's eyes lock with his father's. And as they do, we can just see Isaac just going like this. 
puts out his hands. Go ahead, Father, tie them. Bind them. Then he ties them. And again, no pleading for his life. No, no, he, no resistance. Isaac is much younger than Abraham, much stronger. He could have flung Abraham off of that mountain, that little hill there. But Isaac doesn't. He just holds out his hands to be tied. He submits as he holds his hands out to Abraham, his father. It's the silence again of Isaac that's the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who in Isaiah 53, 7, the Lord Jesus is described as he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so openeth he not his mouth. And just as Isaac was silent and gave his hands for Abraham to tie, the Lord Jesus was silent. He laid his hands on that cross. They didn't have to struggle him down. They didn't have to get many soldiers to hold him there. He laid his hands down just as Isaac gave his hands to be tied. And it says in, verse, in, in Isaiah 50, verse five, Isaiah 50, verse five, the Lord Jesus said, the Lord hath opened mine ear. I was not rebellious, neither turned, oh, turned away back. He says, I gave my back to the smiters, just like Isaac holding out his arms. The Lord Jesus says, here's my back, beat it. I gave my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. He said, here's my, head, here's my face, pull, pull the beard off. I hid not my face from spin, from shame and spitting. You can go like this, go ahead, shame it, spit on it. And that was Isaac. And now with Isaac on the altar and with one hand on Isaac, Abraham now, it says in verse 10, Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So Abraham now reaches his hand out, takes the knife. He's got one hand on Isaac. He's got a hand on the knife. And the next second is going to be a plunge into Isaac's heart. And just at that moment in verse 11, the angel of the Lord speaks out and he says to him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham, he says, here am I this urgent call from God. Twice he calls Abraham's name, he calls out. What if Abraham, what if it was too late? What if Abraham had plunged the knife into Isaac's heart? Oh, what if Peter had cut off the ear of the servant to the high priest in the garden of Gethsemane? Ear replaced, Isaac's chest healed. But Abraham responds again with that classic response, he named me, here am I. And now God tells Abraham, in verse 12, he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. So now God tells Abraham to take his hand off of Isaac, neither do thou anything unto him. And Isaac is completely saved. No harm is done to Isaac and as we see that, we see ourselves on the altar of sacrifice. We hear God say about us, neither do thou anything unto him. And as Isaac is now lifted off of the altar by Abraham, he's lifted off of that altar of death, we feel ourselves being lifted off from the penalty of being cast into hell. Abraham has passed the test. God knows that Abraham loves God more than his son Isaac. And then what happens in verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So now, Abraham at this point, he lifts up his eyes and looks, and it's behind him. 
he sees the ram and the horns are caught in a bush and he offers this ram instead of Isaac. Was the ram in front of Abraham? No. Was the ram in front of Abraham like Abraham had this ram always in his sight? Oh, I know there's, no, it wasn't. Was the ram on the side of Abraham so that Abraham always knew, well, the ram's right there. No, not at all. The ram was behind Abraham, out of Abraham's sight. And when Abraham turned around and he saw the ram, he was surprised. And, and that, that surprise is expressed by the word in verse 13, behold, behold, behind him, a ram, behold, the surprise of it all. Now how, and, and, and we can see Abraham saying, how could I have missed the ram? How could I have overlooked the ram? I don't remember the ram. That all represents the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ of the Jewish people. Just like this ram was not in front of Abraham nor at his side all the time, so the Lord Jesus Christ is not in front of the Jewish people. The Jewish people put the Lord Jesus out of their sight by calling him Yeshu, not Yeshua, but Yeshu, which means, which is an acronym that stands for may his name and remembrance be forgotten, be blotted out, be put out of mind. Just as this ram was behind Abraham, the Jewish people put the Lord Jesus behind them. And just as Abraham turned around and saw the ram behind him and wondered, how could I have missed that ram? I overlooked him. So when the Jewish people look on him whom they have pierced with a look that, that, that says, the Lord is my God, in Zechariah 12.10, Zechariah 12.10, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. In Zechariah 13.9, Zechariah 13.9, they shall say, the Lord is my God when they turn around. We spend all of our time preaching to the Jewish people, bringing the gospel to them. And you know what's gonna happen when they finally come to the Lord and they turn around? And, they, and, and, and they're gonna say, it was always my idea. <laughs> Fine. But when that happens, the Jewish people are going to look behind them just like Abraham did, and they're gonna see that their God is behind them. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. They put him behind them, and that will ha- what will happen when the Jewish people will experience the ultimate cleansing of all time in Zechariah 13.1, Isaiah 13.1, where it says, in that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. That will be the day when the Jewish people will finally experience the true Yom Kippur, their day of atonement, when they look behind them, as Abraham did, and they see the Lord Jesus with his crown of thorns, just like Abraham turned around and saw this ram with its crown of thorns that had held this ram by its horns in that bush of thorns. And then we read in verse 13, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So Abraham sees the ram behind him. He takes Isaac off the altar. He puts the ram in the place of Isaac. And Isaac, and, and, and Isaac asks, well, where, he asked earlier, where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And, God, and, and, and then Abraham had said, God will provide a lamb. But it wasn't a lamb. It was a ram. Abraham saw a ram, not a lamb. Abraham took a ram, not a lamb. So the lamb that Isaac asked about and the lamb that Abraham spoke about that God was gonna provide is still not seen at this point. 
It was just a, it, it was not a lamb. It was a ram. And for thousands of years, the Jewish people have offered their animal sacrifices like the offering of the ram, but not yet the lamb. Not yet the lamb of God. And they continued to wait until that day in John 1.29 when John the Baptist announced, finally, the lamb. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That was the day when Isaac's question, where is the lamb, was finally answered. And it was not enough for Abraham to have just seen the ram. It was not enough to know that there was a ram as a substitute for Isaac. Abraham had to offer the ram. And it's not enough for anyone here tonight, anyone here tonight, it's not enough to just know that the Lord Jesus died for your sins. He, each person must take the Lord Jesus as his personal sacrifice for sins. And just as Abraham took that ram and offered it up in the place of Isaac, each person must bow before the Lord Jesus, confess his sins, receive him as his personal sacrifice for his sins, and turn away from his sins. And just think of Isaac as he looked at that ram and he thought to himself, you gave your life so I could live. And on this day, when we remember Yom Kippur and the one who died for our sins, we look at the Lamb of God who died for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we repeat the same words of Isaac. You gave your life so I could live. This is what we want to keep in mind now as we take communion, as we're going to have communion here, and remember the Lord Jesus as our Lamb of God and thank him for that day when he took, when, when, when we took him as our Savior, that was our Yom Kippur. That was our day of atonement. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us the Lamb for providing us the lamb to take away our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for no resistance, silence, as you submitted yourself to be our lamb of God and give us the Yom Kippur. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, 
meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.